Welcome to the Casual Heroes Apocalypse podcast, because it's close. Gavin, you are still alive, and as far as I know, COVID-free. How are you COVID-free, officially. Did you get tested? Uh, no. Oh. Well, you're not officially. Yeah, I'm official. I'm claiming it. Oh, okay. Close uh, enough. Right before we started recording this, uh, we had breaking news, literal breaking news. Bernie Sanders has ended his 2020 presidential campaign. Really? Yes. So it's Trump and Biden. It is Trump and Biden. Wow. Wonder what brought that on. Uh, it's still developing. I don't know. We may find out by the time, you know, towards the end of this. Does Bernie have the COVID? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? It sure does. So, um, I do not know. Uh, we'll discuss more. I'll check back with the story here in a little bit. We are literally following this as it is happening on this recorded podcast that we can always go back and edit. Yep. So, um, I 2020 has been a bitch. Can I just say that? It's not been one of the stronger years. I don't, I don't remember a year starting out quite this poorly. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's it, uh, just one thing after another, it feels like. Um, and I enjoy, I enjoy the memes that, that poke fun at how awful everything has been. I really do because my two favorites are. The one, you know, 2020 can't get any worse. And then it says April and it just shows this 80 foot tall chicken on the beach. I enjoy that one. <laughs> um, and then the one that mentions Godzilla's health bar appearing in the sky. So giant chickens or Godzilla, I'll take either one. But yeah, 2020 is, has not been great so far. Um, so, I mean, we, we skipped last week. Uh, to be honest, it was um, it's just been rough because we've actually been following this for a long time. Yeah, um, and and you know, listen, I'm off work. They they finally shut down Massage Envy, and so I thought, you know what? I'll be home. I'll have plenty of free time, and recording will be flexible and easy and consistent. With a six-month-old, it is way harder to do anything because he only takes like 30-minute naps. Yeah. It sucks. Well, as of this point in time, uh, the coronavirus has infected more than 1.44 million people and killed about 82,000 worldwide. The death toll in the United States is 12,900 after the country recorded the most new virus deaths in a single day on April 7th, 2020. Which was yesterday as we're recording this. And we have, yeah. So the death toll is supposed to continue to rise. Um, you know, I, I guess the other thing to mention off the top of this is that actually um, when it comes to world leaders, UK's Prime Minister Boris Johnson is in intensive care. Um, yes. And so it uh, and it also has infected someone's neighbor's grandmother or their son. Like it, it doesn't discriminate. 
Um, right. There was well, Prince Charles. Prince Charles has it. Oh, that is right. Yes. Um, you know, Joe there, Diffie died of it. He did, and John Deere Green. Yes. Um, Gavin, this this has been a um, just a shit show uh, when it comes to <laughs> leadership. Um, and that's not even a knock against Trump. That's a knock against everyone. Yeah, um, worldwide. It's been bad. Yeah. Uh, really, the uh, the numbers out of China, people are questioning now how um, yep. it has went rampant in the United States. And uh, we have, I believe China had 82,000 cases, right? Something like that. Something like that. Uh, somewhere around there. And we've like like tripled their number of cases. And so uh, there's two theories, I think, on this. One, China is an authoritarian type of leadership and can, by all accounts, shoot somebody that breaks quarantine. Okay. Right. So to quarantine an entire nation and stop a virus is not that hard. Right. Because when you're using bullets against signs, it's it's different. It's so, a lot easier. Yeah. Um, the other is that they've completely lied about their numbers. And that Which they, I think is probably more likely. Yes. Now, the thing about it is, is that because they are authoritarian, they have, I believe, yesterday lifted the um, quarantine of Wuhan. Right. And there was a mass exodus. Um, we'll see what happens because... So if this, were, if this were a movie, that would be like the post-credits scene where you think everything's resolved and then the credits roll... And then at the end, they lift the quarantine and people run out. And then it's just this ominous music playing while the the infestation goes forward into the world for wave two. Yes. And that's what that's what I'm wondering. See, um, we will keep it anonymous, but you just talked to someone who mentioned they think that the virus is ending soon. Yep. The virus doesn't care about our economy. Nope. At all. And and that's the the scary part is that we they keep saying this is the first wave, which means there's another one that that is coming. Right. The 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 term first indicates that there will be a second right. at the very least. Because if not, they would just say the the wave. You don't have to number right. it when there's just one. What do you think that how do I want to say Okay, April or is it April thirty first, April thirtieth? Is that the uh, when Trump had said the social distancing distancing is going to, um, or May first? For now, yes. Whatever it is, those three days in there. Yeah. Do you think at that point in time the social distance is lifted? Um, I think it's relaxed. I don't think it's lifted. I think some non-essential jobs will go back to work, but not all. And I understand why he's looking at it from an economic perspective. Uh, he also said last week sometime, I believe, that he felt like if we could keep the death toll under 100,000 in the United States, that that would be an absolute win. And some people got really upset with that. But given the nature of this, I kind of agree with him. What, how do you feel about that? Well, they it, it really depends on how much he wants to push. Because the numbers that are coming out now, because we are social distancing, is calling for around 80,000 deaths. Right. And the problem with that number is that they have it going till August. Right. And at least June for like stay at home orders. Right. And so that is not April 30th. Nope. I think we're about to make a big mistake. I think I I think I think what we're going to see and I think that April 30th target date because if, I'm working under the assumption that high-ranking government and CDC officials are privy to information that we are not. 
And my thought process is that at least for my own peace of mind is what I have to believe is that they are working under the assumption that by April 30th, some type of vaccine or consistent treatment will be available. And it so the beginning be in vaccine. May, go ahead. It won't be a vaccine. So some type of consistent treatment will be available, which you, know, you and I have talked independently of recording uh, about the nursing home in West Virginia that had the outbreak of cases and they treated it with hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine and um, azithromycin. And, you know, I, I was listening to some talk radio just before we started recording here and uh, they were talking to someone from that nursing home and it was something like 35 confirmed cases they had three people that went on a ventilator and all but one have recovered. One passed away, but they were looking at the same situation that happened in Washington state with the outbreak in the nursing home and the deaths and everything just running rampant there. And by and large, this nursing home in Monongalia County, West Virginia was able to contain and treat the virus pretty effectively in a population that is older and has a lot of comorbidities as far as diagnoses and their general health status. So to me, that's encouraging that there's at least one viable option for treatment out there. And, you know, if they feel like that a viable, consistent, effective treatment is on the way, and both of those drugs, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, are readily available. They're not rare drugs. They're not hard to find. They're not hard to get. I think that may give them a little more optimism that, you know, somebody can get diagnosed, they can get them started on a routine of medication, and they'll be fine. And so maybe they're looking at that for the end of the month. I don't know. I I wonder if we're going to ever, um, not ever, we will, but how long it'll take us to get back to normal life. I don't think we will. I think we'll get really close to normal, but this is going to be something that is a part of our culture for probably ever now. Um, and it won't affect everybody. Do you think but a lot of people I, wear masks all the time, even after this? I do think I do think that we'll see more of that, like we see people in Japan and China. Um, I also think that what we're going to see is, especially with international travel, uh, COVID nineteen questions are going to be a big part of the screening, and you're going to and from different countries and coming back into the United States. Um, I also think that this has just ridiculously exposed our economy and how fragile it is that we are in no way prepared for any type of significant nationwide disaster. Forget about globally. Nationwide, we are not equipped to even slow down, much less stop business for any significant period of time. Because one company after another is going bankrupt and saying, you know what, we're closing all of our stores permanently. Sorry about this. And it's it's going to change the economy. It's going to change retailers. It's going to change restaurants. It's going to change hospitality industries. And there will be some things that don't recover. Uh, I am certainly not an economic expert, but as far as my economic beliefs, I'm a true laissez-faire economist. I believe in the free market. I believe we should just leave things alone. And I think that when things like this happen, it's it's a way for the market to correct itself, that these businesses that have been propped up and, and artificially inflated and held onto by the equivalent of a ventilator and life support Sometimes they need to be allowed to die because they're a failing business model and it's a waste of resources to keep them going. So I don't think we'll ever truly get back to what normal was, but I do think there will be a new normal where this isn't something that dominates our headlines every single day. Do you think that the um, who, whose call do you think it was not to wear masks? Because, what do you mean? well, it was don't wear masks. You don't need them. Only sick people need them. Oh, God, everybody wear a mask. And the, you know, China and other places have been, you know, on the forefront of this. Hey, 
wear a mask when we told everyone in the U.S. don't. And so the question is, how many people got sick because we didn't? I will never know the answer to that. I mean, I understand it's a, a somewhat hypothetical question, but it, I, I think that there was so little concrete information known about it that it was hard to make good recommendations. Um, what what about like the, the thing with you say there wasn't good information about it? Okay, but but what about like? We supposedly knew about this for months before me and you even followed it. Right. There was a report to the Pentagon in November. Well, again, the inefficiency of government is one of my favorite things in the world. And things like this just further prove why I don't trust them and why I don't want them to be in charge of anything that they don't absolutely have to be in, excuse me, in charge of. Uh, the idea that they knew about this for months before any information was made available to the public, much less followed through on, is just it just screams uh, about the ineffective government that we have and their ability to manage a crisis. And now, you know, one of one of my favorite things to point at when I talk about the ineffectiveness of government and why I don't trust the government and I don't want it to operate anything because it doesn't operate anything well. The United States Postal Service is about to go out of business. They've operated at a loss for decades anyway. But now, because nobody is sending anything, nobody's going to the post office, they're not getting any revenue in from stamps, packaging, fees, whatever, they've made a desperate plea to the United States government for a trillion dollars or something because they're completely out of money. They can't operate. UPS and FedEx do the post post office's job better than the Postal Service does because they have a responsibility to investors and to a board to turn a profit and to run their business in a responsible way and not just operate at a loss and say, oh, well, we can tax people more to make that money back. Um, can so I, the post office goes, goes away, it kind of sucks, like but yeah, go ahead. So as you know, I'm in the shipping business. Um, yep. And the problem, the major problem, let me tell you why UPS and FedEx can turn a profit and USPS didn't for years and years. It is the difference between how much a package weighs, okay, and how much of that package it takes up on the truck. Right. So UPS and FedEx would take into account, let's say a package weighed three pounds. Yep. But it was 12 by 12 by 12. Okay. Massive square. Girth well, units. Yeah. Three so, girth units. Yeah. So they would say, okay, I know this package only weighs three pounds, but it's going yep. to take up a massive amount on the truck. So we're going to have right. to charge you more. So to send that package, it's going to be $19. But then if you take it to the post office, keep in mind, still this massive package, but only weighs three pounds. Yep. You're paying like $7.80. Right. And so, of course, you, you know, are going to lose money. Now, let's talk about why they're still losing money, because they changed the rules. And to send a package, you have to put in the measurements. Okay. <laughs> UPS has and FedEx have a thing in place that when your package goes through, it runs under this little red scanner and it tells them how big your package is. So I said it's 12 by 12 by 12. In reality, it's 24 by 24 by 24. So they're going to charge that. Okay. And say, you, you sent this pack. It was not that size. We got the real size and the real weight. This is how much it was. USPS can say, oh, that weighs three pounds. But even though it's 24 by 24 by 24, they're still shipping it 12 by 12 by 12 because they can't check it. So right. you can put in one by one by one if you want. Yep. And get the lowest amount. And they're still going to ship that package because they can't check it. Amazing. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's 
what you just said speaks to gross incompetence. That's like being able to put your own price on stuff at Walmart. They would never allow that to happen. But two, UPS and FedEx figured out what they needed to do to turn a profit while shipping things. And then they did that while the post office did not. And so the post office is the perfect example of why the government should not be allowed to run anything because they can't do it well. And if you think, well, Amazon ships a bunch of packages, USPS, yes, they do. The problem is, is that the United States Postal Service gives them a massive discount. Yep. And uh, I mean, which again, costs the United States Postal Service more money. I don't think people understand something. Okay. So let's say you're in New York City and you order a package from Los Angeles. Okay. And it's priority mail. Yep. The the time that it's going to take to get there is three days. Okay. Yeah. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. The the problem is that it doesn't go on a truck. Nope. Goes on a plane. Goes on a plane, which uses jet fuel, which has to pay pilots. You know, just go on down the line. Um, much more expensive than a truck. And it shows up to your house. And there you go. You've got your package in three days. But what the post office needs to make off that package, they're making a fraction of. So what the post office did was they went to UPS and they went to FedEx and said, can you take some of our packages? And they were like, okay, but in return, you've got to deliver some of our packages. And they're like, okay, we'll take that. And they got the short end of the stick because UPS can offer and FedEx can offer things like smart post and uh, mail innovations and programs like that, that take into account that UPS is going to be taking that stuff anyway for the post office. Okay. So they're not adding anything new. They would be taking it for the post office anyway and put it on plane and then they give it to the post office and the post office has to sort it in their own city and then deliver it. So no one knows what to do there at the post office is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No one. It's a mess. And so. By the way, it was really exciting to talk about something other than the virus. Yeah. (laughs) So coming back around full circle and, and, you know, the whole new normal. If the, if the government doesn't funnel just tens of billions of dollars into the post office, into the postal service, then the post United States Postal Service collapses. That's just the reality. It just goes away. Now you talk about getting back to normal. Try getting back to normal without the post office. Now everything has to be shipped privately through FedEx, UPS, or some other DHL. carrier. Yeah, some 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 something that's not government. Uh, supported and taxpayer funded. Um, you think about what that does to tens of thousands of buildings around the country that are now useless or will have to be sold to a private carrier that will take over the operations or to the employees and their guaranteed lifelong pensions that they have and the benefits that they have for being federal employees. You think about the countless numbers of vehicles that have been purchased by the United States government to use and what we do with those now, who those are sold to, who's responsible for maintenance, do they go back into circulation, retired, scrapped, whatever. The idea that our economy was so unprepared for something of this nature that a a literal staple of everyday life for millions upon millions of American citizens was like two weeks away from being completely financially unviable. It should be a wake-up call that some things need to be restructured and that it's okay to let some things go out of business instead of continuing to support a terrible business model. But that part won't change because we're America. We don't like to let things fail. We don't like to admit that we we let things go. And we'll continue to prop things up until we pass the point of no return. So that's my rant on the government and and how inefficient and terrible they are. And the 
fact that they didn't get this information to us sooner is not a surprise to me. Well, the 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 future and what it holds will be something to watch because I do think that daily life, uh, at least for a while, is going to be really weird even after um, this because people, some people are going to know we're two of those people. It's not going to just disappear. It doesn't just go away. Like, and that's the problem is it's going to be there and you're going to be able to get it, whether we social distance or not, unless we literally just locked everyone in the house and whoever died, died and the virus had nowhere else to go. You know what I mean? Like, yep. other than that, you're you're not going to stop it until you have a vaccine. And by the way, I have not seen a ton of anti-vaxxer posts lately. What happened to that? Where'd that go? Those, those are gone. Where 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 is the uh, don't just use this type of oil and you'll be fine? Where's that type of stuff? It, it seems like seems like those may no longer be things people believe. Yeah, I, I just just weird. Like <laughs> there there's been some ironic people that have gotten COVID nineteen. Uh, there was, uh, a, um, where was he at? I, I think, I think it was Florida or no, New Orleans. I think there was a, there was a guy who had went to New Orleans. He was, uh, I don't know if he was a pastor of a church or just whatever, but I think they called him a pastor and he didn't believe that the coronavirus was real and he died of the coronavirus. And there, so there's just been like ironic things like that. Like, you know, people that voted against the initial coronavirus bill got coronavirus, you know, and it's, it's just had a weird sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. But it really but, doesn't care who you are. Um, okay. So well, I've got some Bernie information for you. Okay. This is coming from one of the more reputable sources that we could find anywhere. This comes from the Wall Street Journal, um, and it has been updated within the last 10 minutes. Um, apparently, his health is not an issue. There's no indication that he has the COVID. Um, but they, ahead of polling numbers releasing for the state of Wisconsin on April 13th, um, which Wisconsin held their primary on Tuesday. They did not delay. Everybody was wearing masks. They had the markers to stand six feet apart. They did a lot of absentee balloting. Um, but two things really contributed to Bernie dropping out. One was the fact that he can't hold rallies anymore, which was his strength, was, was having the energy of the crowd and the big gatherings. That was that was the number one thing that Bernie was using to his favor because appearances matter, perception is reality. You see a big group of people screaming and cheering for Bernie and, you know, you get inspired. It feels like he's doing well. Um, the other was that he had consistently pushed to top Democratic uh, donors and delegates and um, people that would be responsible for actually voting for him to get the nomination after the primaries were over and they went to the convention, was that his strength in an election against Trump would be his ability to carry Midwestern states like Michigan where he lost by 17 points to Joe Biden. So if you can't carry it in the primary, you're not going to carry it in the general. Um, and as of March 18th, they deactivated all digital ads on Facebook. They had not booked a television ad since March 11th. Uh, and at the time, they said they were simply trying to conserve resources. But... Apparently, they saw the writing on the wall a month ago and were just hoping that things would pass and they could get back to normal. So. Well, it looks like COVID-19 has taken Bernie Sanders' campaign. I really thought, honestly, that this, this is going to sound weird, but that the coronavirus was good for him. But I guess, as you said, not being able to hold rallies and stuff. But when I say it was good for him, 
I mean, the idea that everyone was upset with how much the coronavirus was going to cost to test for and treat. And Bernie Sanders has been touting, you know, Medicare for all. And I thought that this would be a nice bump for him. But in reality, I guess it was a big um, swing and a miss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you remember the guy, uh, Martin Shikrilli? Is that how you say it? Shikrilli, the just the complete douchebag pharmaceutical yes. guy. Yes. Yeah. Do you know that he has written a letter and said that if we let him out of jail, he'll cure COVID-19. Uh, I bet he did. He he said he can get it done in three months. I bet he did. <laughs> I bet he did. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was weird. So when did, when did this all start, I guess? Uh, I mean, actually, like, really start ramping up. It was beginning of March, right? It started to ramp up. I in America, yeah, yeah. Okay, because uh, there's a story out that passengers are being evacuated from an Antarctic cruise ship after sixty percent of them test positive for coronavirus, and it departed on March fifteenth. And so I don't know why cruises were still going on because there's there's money to be made. <laughs> All that is is a is that's the worst idea ever. Because there's money to be made. That's why there's no way to social distance on a cruise ship. Well, sure there is. You can stay in your cabin the entire time. Um, New York City police officers. Uh, they've had like 276 police officers have tested positive. Um, Argentina has a nationwide quarantine. So does India. Um, a, a few other places have a nationwide quarantine. Um, there have been, listen, I'm going to make a PSA right now. This is a public service announcement for all you young people out there. Okay. Anyone listening to this that's young and stupid, this is, this is to you. And if you're like, oh, I'm young, but I'm not stupid. No, you are. So I'm going to tell you this. And it's going to help change your life. Do not go on TikTok slash Snapchat slash YouTube slash Facebook slash Twitter and say, I'm going to go spread the coronavirus to as many people as possible. Don't go do cough on people pranks. Don't go and say that you have the virus and then show a video of you walking through Walmart touching things. Don't lick deodorant, okay? Just don't lick deodorant in general. That, that really doesn't have anything to do with the virus. You will Just go to jail. People are not messing around. You will go to jail. You, you will get at least a third degree felony and they will hit you with a lot more and they will make an example of you. They sure will. There was an 18 year old girl on Snapchat that said that she was positive and she was going to go cough on people. She got arrested, charged with making a terrorist threat, thrown in jail, $20,000 bond. Um, and I think they're charging her with a couple other things. And she said, yeah, there was, Oh, there was another I'm negative. Yeah, too late. It's like shouting fire in a theater. You don't get to do it. There was there was a guy in uh, I believe Georgia that did the same thing. He he went on Facebook Live. He was in Walmart and he was telling people that he was positive and that if he was sick, everybody else was going to get sick because he was hungry and he wanted his food. And somebody alerted the local authorities and he was arrested. And I think the charge that he got was. A uh, third degree felony of inciting a panic. So, literally the same thing as yelling fire in a, a theater when there is no fire. Um, so, yeah, it, they're they're taking it very seriously. A third degree fine felony or punishment for the good Lord. Wow. <laughs> third degree felonies are punishable by, go ahead, a definite or determinate prison term of 9, 12, 18, 24, or 36 months. 
However, certain third-degree felonies are subject to longer definitive terms of 12, 18, 24, 30, 42, 48, 54, and 60 months. So wow. you could go to jail for five years for licking deodorant. Not worth it. Plus, it tastes bad, and it's going to screw your tie up, so just don't do it. I, I, I just, I, I don't... I know people are like, I'm going to become famous. People, I'm going to get millions of views because everybody's going to watch me go cough on this old person as a prank. And then they get punched in the head and they, they get arrested. They get hurt. I I don't, I don't get it. I don't, are people, is there such desire to be noticed that? Yes you're willing to go do that in the middle of a pandemic. People are scared. Yep. So, you know who's not scared of anything? Who's that? Tom Brady. <laughs> and why is that, Gavin? Tom Brady was on Howard Stern. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Howard, Howard has shifted gears over the last 20 years. There was a time when Howard and Opie and Anthony were in competition as shock jocks to, to see who could be the biggest and who could be the best. Now, Howard obviously went on to be the biggest. There are many that would argue that at their peak, Opie and Anthony were the best the radio got. Um, but Howard obviously survived. They did not. And a large part of that is because he was able to adapt. And so now when Howard has big time guests like Tom Brady on, he has legitimate interviews that are very interesting to listen to because people talk to Howard about things that they don't talk about with anybody else. And so Tom was talking about his relationship with Robert Kraft, with Belichick, and leaving the Patriots and his approach to football. And then Howard drops in the question of, well, what was it like seeing all the guys' penises in the locker room? And Tom Brady said, ah, you get used to it. They all look the same. <laughs> I uh, look. Uh, I they don't. Okay, they don't. No, no, they don't. I I, I thought they did. Nope, no. Nope. They there are one was the same size. Nope, nope. Really? And, and this this will blow your mind. There are even different colors. What? Yes, yes. You've got to be joking. And I'm serious. Uh, huh so 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 Tom are Brady's there, are there green guy. ones yes probably <laughs> they need they need penicillin <laughs> uh, uh, but tom's a weird guy he kisses his dad on the lips as a grown man well okay okay i know you don't listen to podcasts but as we know I do listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, and he was talking about Tom Brady as he is a massive Pats fan. Right. And he was talking about the idea that at a certain point in your life where, where no one's going to check you on things, okay? Like, no one's going to go to Tom Brady and say, ah, this, this Tampa Bay thing, it's a bad idea. You know, they're just going to, whatever Tom wants to do, he does. And so it makes you a weird person whenever you can literally get away and do whatever you want, like literal, whatever you want. Tom Brady could walk down the street right now in New England and shoot somebody and he's not going to get convicted in New England. Okay. So it, it gives you this weird and I don't, I don't know, even know what it would be, but he's not checked by anyone. He's the greatest quarterback of all time and the most popular sport, which makes you a weird person. When was the last time you think that he had a down to earth moment? Um, probably. Wow, I'm going to say the closest he's had to a down to earth moment is if. Giselle didn't want to have sex one night and he got turned down there. <laughs> that's, like if, that's probably if, true. If, if Giselle told him no, that's probably as close as it's gotten in a really long time. Or now, honestly, you know, thinking of my brain working as I say that sentence, no, you know what his, 
his last down-to-earth moment was? Uh, it was Bill Belichick saying, leave if you want to. I don't care. I, yeah. Because that is the equivalent of Tom Brady getting cut from a team. That's as close as he'll get to being cut. And I think it's fascinating that for years the question was, would Belichick ever do this to Brady? And everybody said, no, Tom is different. Tom's different. Yep. Tom's not different. All, all that proved to me is that if you play for the New England Patriots, you better bring it every day. Because if he's willing to let Tom Brady just walk out the door, you ain't shit. There's one, there are one of two possible endings for a player in New England. One, you will either be cut or traded before you want to be, or you will retire a Patriot, but you're going to retire early. Yeah. There's no chance that Gronk was hanging around in New England for another five years fighting injuries and Belichick just letting it happen. I think that's one of the reasons Gronk retired when he did is because he knew I'm not going to, this ain't going to fly in New England anymore and I don't want to play anywhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, if he'll cut Brady, he'll cut anybody. And honestly, it makes me love Belichick more because it shows that above anything else, he is committed to one thing. He wants to win. And he doesn't just want to win this year. He wants to win for the next five years. Yeah, he wants to win every year. And now they don't have Brady's salary, which gives them the money to invest in other positions and whatever. I I think, and honestly, I think Brady will have a great year in Tampa Bay. I do. I I think that defense, it just got worlds better because they don't have a quarterback that's going to turn the ball over 42 times. Uh, So I think their defense just got a lot better and they weren't bad even fighting against all those turnovers. And Brady has a great, great quarterback coach calling plays for him and working with him. And I think we'll find out a lot about Tom's mind for football because the one thing that he wasn't able to do in New England was supersede Belichick on play calling. In Tampa Bay, he'll get the keys. They'll say, all right, you, you've got the freedom to call what you want to call. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really interesting to, to see how he does. I'll tell you what else is really interesting. Whatever jackass designed the Falcons' new uniforms. <laughs> Back in supposedly. Back. I made a say. Su- supposedly. They've been working on those for two years. Oh, it looks like they just took the paint tool and took black and just poured it on the shirt. Now, I don't like the all-black uniforms. Never have. Didn't like them when Vic played. But there is a significant portion of the Atlanta fan base that has just been begging for those jerseys and those uniforms to come back for years. So I get that they actually listened to a very vocal part of the fan base on those. I don't like them, but I understand where they came from. The away jerseys, the with the uh, the white and the silver, the white and the gray with red highlights, I don't even mind those. So, whatever, it's an away jersey, who cares? That red gradient jersey looks like an XFL jersey. It's terrible. <laughs> Off. Mm, I love it. I think that's great. I'm gonna go get you a, a red gradient one. Uh, I just wanted the red helmets back, but <laughs> supposedly next year the uh, one helmet rule goes away for the NFL, so they can start using the red helmets again. Um, can can I tell you a tweet I just saw? Sure. Um at Matt C underscore Austin. If you came up with this, you're a genius. Um, I know the CDC and who seem pretty concerned about COVID-19. But some of my friends that got straight C's in high school told me it's actually not a problem at all and just part of the Illuminati's election year disease initiative. So I don't know who to believe. <laughs> so we're getting close to time to wrap up here. I gotta go pick up my son. So I've, I'm gonna ask you a question. To, to wrap things up here. Okay. 
What has been your favorite coronavirus COVID-19 conspiracy theory so far? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, you know what? I, I, it's going to sound, um, I, 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 I think it's my favorite and also it's the most asinine of all of them was uh, Fox News calling it a hoax and that the Democrats were making it up. Um, I know that's not really, a, it, it is a conspiracy theory because it, it was not true at all. And it was just so amazing that they went with that and now they're being sued because they're national news media. And they're supposed to report the truth, but instead they made up some crazy conspiracy theory and people are dying because of the conspiracy theory. So it's, it's one of, it's one of my favorite highlights so far is just the ridiculousness of that statement. Um, because here's the thing. I don't, I don't think Wuhan created the virus to stop the Hong Kong protests. I don't think that um, it's, you know, uh, man-made or anything. But hearing somebody say this is all a hoax for about a week was amazing. Yeah. What is your favorite theory? Well, my favorite one is it's it's one of the newer ones but it shows just how far out there people are willing to go to come up with conspiracy theories oh boy um apparently there is a growing movement including the fact that things are being physically destroyed and set on fire by people that thinks that 5G cell towers oh, yeah. caused the coronavirus <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah now I, I don't keep up with technology the way that Chris does. You may remember a couple of episodes ago, I discovered that my car has a microphone in it. Um, but I do know that the number of countries that actually have 5G towers in them Five. is relatively small. Five. United States, China, South Korea, Germany, and who's the other one? I think Japan. Japan. Oh, that would make sense. So yeah, you've got five countries that have 5G towers. The virus is reported in, I think, 160 countries. 184. 184. Okay. So, yeah. so the map doesn't quite connect there, but people are setting fire to the to the COVID towers, or I'm sorry, to the five G towers. Those are not those aren't COVID towers. Um, <laughs> they may however, they spread it. However, it's helped. This conspiracy theory is helped by the fact that there are celebrities now getting on board with it and propagating it and spreading it. Uh, John Cusack believes that it's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's not true. <laughs> uh, Woody Woody Harrelson also uh, believes it. It's it's not true at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think other yeah. countries have like a tower or two, but you know, the countries that actually have it that could, right, it, it's like five. Um, so I mean, it, it it is. I don't even I don't even know how it works because. Most, most, these towers have been up for a while. Okay. It's not like they went up in the past two months. And also most people's phones don't pick up 5G. Um, right. It's going to be a new technology that will be in the new iPhones that come out. Um, but I, I don't even know how you draw that conclusion. Well, John Cusack says that he has sources in the scientific and medical community. Um, that have told him that 5G networks are too powerful and the signal weakens human immunity. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, John Cusack also is against vaccinations. Of course he is. Good actor, not a smart guy. Not sure if he's even a good actor. He's been in a few things that I enjoyed, but not a smart guy. No. Well, Gavin... Um, does my mom have your son? 
Uh, no, my mother-in-law does. Ah, my mom said that she wants you to know that she misses him. Um, she uh, hasn't got to watch him for a few weeks, but um, yep. I uh, hope things go well um, and you don't get the COVID before we come back. I'm COVID free. So, once you once you once you once you're COVID free, you're always COVID free. You can't catch it. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let people know that. Yeah, tell them. Tell them they have to go up to a 5G tower and tell the tower that they're COVID free. That oh, way okay. they won't get it. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, some homework for everyone. Um, make sure to check out the QR codes that China is touting around now. If you don't have a certain color, you can't go places. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right? I like it. I like it. Right? Right? Scary QR codes. So uh, I can't wait to see what the uh, the um, conspiracy theory community makes of the QR codes. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe out there. Keep social distancing um, and uh, buckle down because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Uh, for the Casual Heroes, I'm Chris. And I'm COVID free. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. When the sun rises.